It's now time for Talkin' Boxing with Billy C. It began as a podcast, went live on the net, and transformed into a full-blown empire. It's the only daily boxing talk show on the planet, hosted by the only guy with the balls to do it. Many have stepped into the ring. Many have tried to take the belt. And one by one, they've fallen. Another victim of the undisputed heavyweight champion of Boxing Talk Radio. Talking Boxing with Billy C is on now. My style is impetuous. My defense is impregnable. And I'm just ferocious. I want your heart. And we're coming to you live from the Billy C Studios in Lake George, New York. I'm Bill Calagero, and it's time for the Billy C Show. Good morning, good day, good evening. Whenever you listen, hope you're doing all right today. Uh, we got a hey. I, I, I got to be honest. We don't have a busy show today. All right, we don't. You know why? Because there's nothing going on in boxing. Unfortunately, I got some stuff to talk about, but. Uh, We'll, uh, we'll pull the Fred Astaire today. Today's show is being brought to you in part by Sal's Neighborhood Pizzeria and Italian Restaurant, located on beautiful St. Simons Island in Georgia. Check out the website, www.salsneighborhoodpizzeria.com, or give my man a call, 912-268-2328, 912-268-2328. Find out why I go all, <coughs> all the way to St. Simon's to get uh, a slice of pizza and some uh, fine Italian cuisine. Today's show is also being brought to us uh, in part by the Sea Palms Resort and our next Billy C. Boxing event, which is going to be on uh, August 25th and 26th at the beautiful Sea Palms Resort on St. Simon's Island. Uh, We will be uh, doing a uh, golf tournament, a uh, Mayweather-McGregor showing, a Billy C. Boxing Revisited showing, a meet-and-greet. Meet who, you say? Well, aside from me and Sal, we will have former world champions Marlon Starling, Bobby Chez, and Mike Weaver scheduled to join us. How about renowned trainer out of Tampa, Sherman Henson, who will be working out Sal Rocky Senecola in front of all of you. So uh, we got a lot of stuff going on, plus the golf tournament, Plus the shows, uh, make your reservations now. Call the Saint the Sea Palms Resort. Just visit our website, billycboxing.com, and click on the Sea Palms uh, banner and uh, give them a call and tell them you want uh, the Billy C. Boxing package deals. And finally, today's show is being brought to us in part by my book, Tom Molino, From Bondage to Baddest Man on the Planet, is available right now where all good books are sold, and you can literally get a copy of it right now by visiting Barnes & Noble or Amazon.com, um, or you can go to BarnesandNoble.com, or if you're looking to get a signed copy, stop by and see, hey, stop by and see me sometime. Now, well, uh, if you don't see me, uh, it's real easy. Just visit our website and click on the book. You can't miss it because it's uh, all over the screen, so check that out. Um, we got some stuff to talk about. Adrian Broner, speaking of talking, Adrian Broner, talking smack talking lots of smack he talking a whole lot of smack uh the question is can he back it up you know there's nothing worse than having a guy who talks smack and then he can't back it up i I got some other stuff that we got some emails to read we got uh some updates on uh mcgregor mayweather etc but 
You know, there's nothing worse than having a smack talker. You know, and I'm not talking the old sugar smacks that you have for cereal. I'm not talking about snap, crackle, and pop with the with the Rice Krispies. I'm talking smack talkers. All right, a guy that says, "I'm gonna do this when I get you in that ring." Oh boy, am I gonna do this? I'm gonna give you some of these and some of those and some of this and some of that. And then when the bell rings, you get none of that. You get no fight. You get no. You get a. You got a track star is what you got. You got a guy that's running around looking like uh, he didn't want to be in there, looking like uh, uh, the Crusher against Bugs Bunny. I mean, come on. You know, Ravishing Rano against uh, The Crusher. I mean, come on. You know, uh, Adrian Broner, he talks smack. And let me tell you something. He's got to weigh 140 pounds by the weekend. He looks like a fat pig. I don't know if you saw the pictures of him, but he's not looking anywhere as close to 140. Maybe his beard weighs 140. I don't know, man. I really don't know. But joining me right now, uh, who's uh, a guy that doesn't like smack talking either, unless... I'm smack talking to him or he's smack talking to me. My man, Sal Rocky Senecola. Is he going to back this smack talk up or what? Oh, man, when you were talking about the uh, comparison with the smack talker, all I could picture was that fight uh, boy, by Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. <laughs> How he forgot to start the engine that night. Oh, my goodness. Um, hey. Um, yeah, we don't like smack talkers. You do what you say. You say what you do. You put your dukes up and you fight. You fight to win and you fight hard. Yeah, you say put your dukes up. You sound like the uh, cowardly lion on The Wizard of Oz. I'm you gotta get courage. You know, but uh, you know, I, listen. Um, you know, uh, you got uh, uh, you got uh, David Hay. I, I mean, he was he was the king of the smack talkers about Klitschko. Chases Klitschko around. For two years, finally gets in the ring, and then runs, and then has the audacity to put his foot up on the podium. My, I hurt my widow toe. My widow toe prevented me <laughs> from fighting. You know, I mean, uh, it was my widow toe. Man, does that hurt? Ah, uh, you know. Well, uh, you know, I, you know, Broner. Bro, Broner says, uh, and, he, and I quote, "I'm gonna." F- F up. I was just going to slip and say that, and then, man, would I have gotten in trouble. Uh, he comes in, he says, I'm going to F up Garcia. And and basically says, at this point, F the press. They're all against me. I'm ready to fight. I'm going to show everybody that I'm still young, hungry animal, and I'm taking over the sport of boxing. My main focus is just getting in the best shape I can so I can go F up Mikey. Uh, he says, that's it. It's nothing personal. It's the hurt business. And I know he's definitely trying to come and hurt me, but I'm going to F him up. Uh, if he's still worried about making weight, he's got some trouble. He's got some trouble. Today's Tuesday. The fight's Saturday. He looked like a fat pig yesterday. Uh, I, what's your thoughts, Sal? I think, uh, well, I like Mikey Garcia for a multitude of reasons, but uh, my, my money's going on Mikey Garcia. I... I you know, this guy, you know, here's the whole thing, Bill. He's at an important, pinnacle point of his career. He can either rise to the occasion and, and be the superstar he thinks he, he is, or he's going to just be a joke and uh, never be the, the guy who fulfills what he's probably capable of doing. But, uh, you know, he's too erratic. He's all over the place. Like, he jumps up and down with the weight. He's He's not centered. He's not focused. He's not... He's not, there's got to be a plan. You got to make a plan. You got to work a plan. And, uh, you know, when you just talk your rhetoric and your bull and, 
you know, and you, you, you've been all over the scales and everything else and in and out of jail. And it's hard to see, like we were saying the other day. He's got so much going on. There's so many variables in his life at this point that are unsettled and chaos that it's hard for a fighter to do what he's got to do. It's not hard. He's got to do it. He's got to put the blinders on, focus, fight, win, train, and all that stuff. That's the bottom line. That should be your business. But uh, when you when you uh, talk smack, that's like a usual smoke screen, smoke screen, smack screen. So we'll see. I think I think uh, Mikey Garcia is going to have a stellar night this coming I, Saturday night. I, you know, just to just to make myself uh, perfectly clear, I, I you know I, I don't dislike smack talkers, but I like a smack talker Who's that's good, that at least tries. At least tries. I, I mean, I mean, the, the the bottom line is, you know, you could talk all the smack you want and then, uh, you know, get in there with, with somebody and, you know, uh, have that person just be better and, and, and neutralize everything you try to do. But at least try, you know, I mean, uh, you know, we, we got the fight, uh, the fraud of a fight McGregor against Mayweather, you know, and there's been a lot of smack talk going on from both of these guys. Uh, you know, uh, Mayweather saying it's going to be toe to toe. We know that's not true. Mayweather does not fight toe to toe. But McGregor, you know, if he tries to to take off Mayweather's head, I mean, that's all he can do. If he can't, well, that that has to give you have to give the credit to Floyd, you know, for for being defensive and and you know uh, uh, not allowing McGregor to take his head off. But McGregor's got to try. If McGregor goes in there and and you know, tries to tries to out finesse the finesser in Floyd Mayweather. Then, then you, you could criticize him. You know, hey, you talked a lot of smack, McGregor, but you didn't do nothing. You know, well, it's the same thing with Broner. Broner's talking about effing up Mikey Garcia. You know, I f the press and all of this stuff. You know, I, I listen. He's created the world around him. Adrian Broner, Bingo. in my opinion, was a talented and and very well may still be very talented a uh, uh, fighter. Uh, but he's the one that created all the all the hoopla. It's his own, you know, uh, actions that that have created uh, the frenzy that that follows this guy. And for him to say oh, at this point, I just want to make weight. I just want, I, I, you know, come on, man. I I think it's a joke, Sal. Well, it is, and you know, I, I you know, how I feel about the weight issue thing, and uh, we'll see what happens. I mean, well, let me ask you this: What happens if he doesn't make the weight? Good, um, que good question. They do give you 24 hours before the fight. So, I mean, how much time will they get give him uh, to come back to the scale? Three well, hours? No, they got two hours. Back? He's got two hours to make the weight. But funny you should ask because there's a $500,000 penalty fee for either fighter should they not make weight. Now, Mikey Garcia is moving up in weight. Uh, yeah, so, uh, you know, that's not going to uh, – that's not going to uh, – uh, affect him. Uh, he should have no problem making weight. And Broner, actually, uh, his last three fights were at the uh, junior welterweight. Uh, according, I, actually, I don't even think that's right because I think one of the oh, that's right, he didn't make the weight. Um, they was technically at. Uh, let me just check his weight here. I got, I got it in front of me. Uh, he he didn't make the weight, and that's why he was stripped of his title, uh, which is uh, kind of funny when you think about that. Uh, you know, guy, uh, once again, uh, uh, talking uh, all the smack that he does. And, uh, 
Yeah, uh, yeah. He didn't make weight. He lost his belt uh, to to Theophane, or he lost his belt. He won the fight, but uh, lost the belt that he won. So yeah, his last three fights were technically at uh, Junior Welterweight, but but at least two of them he did not make the weight. So so I, I don't know. So that means he fought at Welterweight. So I, yeah, and he looked like a fat bastard. He looked fatter than me. I, I ate nine tacos last night, so I am a fat bastard, you know. But uh, uh, Adrian Broner, I I don't know, man. You know, we talked about it yesterday. I mean, this is his last, in my opinion, it's his last shot at being, you know, labeled a superstar. And uh, I, I, I don't know. I think there's more pressure on him. He can't be turning it around and blaming everybody else, Sal. Well, he, well that's what people do. They, they you know, uh, whiners are not winners. Whiners find a problem with every answer. Winners find an answer to every problem. So uh, this guy, uh, he keeps reaching. So we'll see. I mean, I, I don't want to talk smack about him either. I mean, let's just see what he could do in the ring and uh, get his life and his career back on track. And, uh, you know, I think he's got this opportunity with Mikey Garcia. If he shows up and if he could do what he thinks he could do and uh, show his talents um, and win this fight, then, you know, he'll be back on track. But, uh, if he's all over the place and chaotic in his lifestyle and everything else, it's going to be exposed in a ring. And, you know, he's going to be uh, handled pretty well by Mikey Garcia. I think Mike Garcia is going to do a good job. Well, I got a uh, quote from uh, Mikey Garcia, but that's going to have to wait, <laughs> Sal, because uh, we got to take a break. So uh, don't we go do. nowhere. When I come back, uh, we will uh, continue this discussion and then some more. I'll be back in two. Billy C. will be right back. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to my face? I hate you. I hate you. That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Billy C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're back. You're watching and listening to the Billy C Show. Glad you could be with us. And uh, we want you to be with us on uh, August 25th and 26th. That's right. We're doing a Billy C Boxing Special. Uh, it's going to be held on beautiful St. Simons Island at the Sea Palms Resort. What are we doing? Lots of stuff, man. We are doing lots of stuff. First and foremost, uh, you get to hang out with uh, myself and Sal, but no, nah, I know you guys don't care about us, but how about former world champions Marlon Starling, Bobby Chez, Mike Weaver, to name a few. Sherman Henson is coming down from, uh, or coming up from Tampa. He's going to work out Sal right in front of you guys so uh, we can watch the old man uh, in action. Uh, we are going to have uh, a meet and greet. We are going to show one of our uh, Billy C. Boxing Revisited episodes that will be on uh, network television uh, pretty soon. We'll keep you posted on that. Uh, we are also going to have a golf tournament, a friendly golf tournament with everyone. Uh, we will be showing the McGregor-Mayweather fight. We will be uh, uh, moving over to Sal's and uh, crashing his restaurant, all of that stuff. Be part of it right now. Visit our website, BillyCBoxing.com. And uh, we're trying to get, hey, we're trying to get former multi-division, uh, and she's like a daughter to me, uh, world champion Chevelle Halbach to come and uh, join us too. But uh, 
uh, we got to drag uh, uh, her out of her comfort zone to get her there. But uh, the bottom line is, uh, come on, make your plans now. Uh, visit our website, uh, billycboxing.com. Click on the Sea Palms uh, banner and uh, tell them you want the Billy C. Boxing event. Before we went to break, uh, we were uh, giving you some uh, quotes on uh, Mikey Garcia and Adrian Broner. However, however, right now, joining Sal and myself to give us the lowdown on why he feels that Conor McGregor is going to upset Floyd Mayweather is the one and only. Now, a lot of you guys get ready because a lot of you guys think that this person actually doesn't even exist, but he does. It's not me in the chat room. It's not me making it up. Then again, I don't even know if I am me because I might be him and he might be me. I don't know. Joining us right now, the infamous Jeremy C. Jeremy. Hey, how you doing? Are I'm you actually the real Billy C. Is How's it going, everybody? Is Billy this C. Real? Is this real? You know, Sal, I often wonder, who is Billy C.? Is it me? Is it him? <laughs> I don't know. Question to answer. You, you sound like uh, Steve Martin and Jiggers. Who is Nathan? Nathan. Everybody knows I'm the real Billy C. The funny thing is, is I don't know. Sometimes he's answering questions. I'm like, "Ah, maybe that is Billy C. I don't even know. He came up with the name. He came up with the whole thing. It's him. I'm just a puppet. His hand is up my... Oops, I can't sit. You in a closet with the projector. (laughs) How do I sound? Good? But Jeremy... Yeah, Je- Jer- Jeremy has been very vocal about this yeah, uh, matchup back, between uh, McGregor and Mayweather, and uh, he's actually given me uh, some pretty uh, scientific uh, explanations of why Conor McGregor uh, is actually going to beat Mayweather. So here you go, Jeremy. You got your platform. Wait, Tell us. How's it going to happen? I don't have my notes. I don't have anything. <laughs> well, I have know, a blank yeah. post-it yeah. note. <laughs> well, they, this is your hey, big time, hey, Jerry. wait. You're copying off of Sal's notes. That's his notes right now, too. A blank piece of paper. Hey, wait. Hit the tail of the tape. Yeah. <laughs> wait, wait. Before oh, I uh, before I get into all this, you know, Sal's always hawking his mugs. So I'm just going to show you my mouse pad. Oh, nice. Nice. All right. I didn't design this, but this is my official mouse pad. This, so. this, this show is going down the toilet real quick right now. You can tell but, uh, Bill didn't plan anything today. Whenever he's like, Jeremy, you want to come on? I'm like, Sh- sure. Bill must not have planned anything if he's asking me for mic time. Hey, listen. You know me. I'm a mic hog. It's a slow, it's a slow day in boxing. But <laughs> but listen, give us give us your reasons why. And all seriousness, hey, look, you, have all serious- pretty, you have been pretty adamant about uh, McGregor uh, actually beating uh, Floyd Mayweather. You gave me a whole bunch of reasons why. Yep. So now tell all the viewers and listeners why, Jeremy, why? Number one reason, because he said so. Oh, That's okay. Be- wait a minute. Fourth Don't- round I- wait a minute. I thought the Not number one reason, I thought the number one reason was because you read it on the internet. Because it has to be true if it's on the internet, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah, if you read it on the net, it's always true. Yeah. No, honestly, like, I, you know, I get it. You guys are the boxing purists, you know. I'm just a casual fan of of uh, sports and fighting and beating the crap out of people. You know, I, I'm I'm not the scientific guy like you two. I'm just a ca- a casual fan. This thing's all hyped up. I buy into it. You know, so I'm not I'm not exactly the the boxing uh, you know expert that Billy C and Sal are. So you know, I'm just regular Joe. So as regular Joe, I see. Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa! Wait a minute. You're Joe? I thought you were Jeremy. I thought you were Billy C. Who is he, Sal? I'm Joe He's Joe? Wait a minute. I, I think we got the... Maybe it's Joe C. I, I don't know. I don't know. 
Josie and the Pussycat. No, <laughs> so here's my thoughts. You know, like when we're talking, when people are talking about this fight, you know, they're talking about Connor as if he's some guy that's coming out of the, you know, his cubicle to go step in the ring with Mayweather. You know, he's a fighter. He's not just some average guy. He, you know, he, he's been a trained fighter all his life. So I don't think he's getting enough credit for, uh, for the skills that he has. And if you guys don't think he's taking this serious and training, I guarantee he's overtraining at this point compared to what Mayweather's doing. Mayweather's probably got some strippers on his lap right now while Connor's in the gym. You see, Jim, you see, Jim. You see, that that's the one thing. That's the one thing. Let let me just let me just say this about Mayweather, and I know this might be a shock to to our viewers and listeners, but. I, I'm not really a big Mayweather fan. All what? Right? I, no, I know, I know. It's what it about is the fan club. It, I thought you were the president. It is, it is shocking. But I'm not a big fan of Floyd, right? But I will tell you this. I will tell you this. Floyd Mayweather is a professional. <laughs> not he's a. <laughs> okay, let me just focus on his boxing career. He's a professional boxer in a sense where he's always prepared. If you sure. don't, if you like Floyd or you don't like Floyd, the thing about Floyd is that he's focused on the job at hand. He will come in shape, and trust me when I tell you, he does not have a stripper on his lap right now. Well, if he does, he's probably beating the hell out of her. But, <laughs> but uh, if, that's if, a whole other story. But uh, but he's crime I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure he's. Uh, I'm sure he's training. And I, I just think, despite your theory about Conor McGregor being a fighter. You know, he's trying to outbox uh, arguably one of the best boxers of his generation. In Floyd Billy, Mayweather. I don't think he's going to come into this trying to be a boxer. Like, I don't think he's going to, you know, hop around in a boxing stance the whole time. I think he's coming in there and he's going to fight. I think he's going to have some strange stance, you know, that, that McGregor's not used to seeing. I don't think it's going to be a regular boxing match. I think it's going to be a boxer versus, a, like, a fighter. You know, he's not going to throw kicks because he'll lose his quadrillion dollar payday but i don't think he's gonna just stand in regular boxing stances and try to go toe-to-toe boxing only style with mayweather i think he's gonna mix it up and i think he's gonna come out of places that mayweather's never seen before yeah like <laughs> um well what do you think sal well, like I hey thank you for your thoughts and uh we're gonna, <laughs> no. well, what do you think sal there you go again yeah i'll say what <laughs> I think it's uh, a good I run. Think... <laughs> oh, don't get uh, it started, Jeremy. I, oh, don't get started. <laughs> you know? oh boy! Listen, Mayweather is a professional, consummate professional. He'll come in that ring ready to fight, and he is a safety first fighter, and he will be prepared to see what's on the other side of the ring uh, coming at him. Now, with that being said, and I've said all along, any given night, any fighter can't get beat. We, we know this to be true from some of the upsets in the past. Now, Conor McGregor, he's got some uh, some skills, absolutely. He's an MMA champion. Now, an MMA fighter, he's got to integrate wrestling, martial arts, boxing. So he should have a fairly strong foundation. And be, with that being said, I had a wrestling background, a little jujitsu, a little things here. And, you know, I, I, I just see him having a shot by rushing across, running across, throwing his hands up, being ready to manhandle and wrestle and throw him in a corner with his hands, with his open glove, and then just pounding on his arms and anywhere he could throw a punch. That's the only way I see him. Cause he, but he, 
Mayweather may not even give them that opportunity because Mayweather's fast. Mayweather's not going to be trapped in a corner. But that's the only way I see anything that Conor McGregor is going to be able to do to land any shot. It's just to manhandle him, be rough, be tough, wrestle him. More of a wrestling match. Not on the ground, but use his hands with, with his gloves, with the open gloves, and control his shoulders, control his arms, get a point taken away. But well, I see him doing that, spinning Mayweather, banging him with that. If he gets a chance to touch Mayweather, it's going to be a different fight. Now, and with that being said, he's got to think he's got to have contact with Mayweather. And he's going to wrestle. He's going to get there. He's going he's gonna to control him with his arms, with this and that, and bang. Crap, I'm glad this isn't in 3D. I'll be <laughs> freaking out right now. You're just punching at me. I am in 3D. He's hitting me. I'm, that's why I'm dodging it. <laughs> you know, that, that's the only way I could see him making contact with Mayweather. Mayweather, you know what he's going to do? He's going to be the pretty boxer, and he's going to be, be gone before those punches hit. But that's what I'm saying. Conor McGregor has got to manhandle him. He's got to wrestle him. got to control him with those arms with free hands, and, and boom, shoot him with another one. That's it. That's the only way he can win. The only way he can hit. The only way he can contact against Floyd Mayweather. And I give yeah. him that chance. I give him that chance. Well, the chance I, I, I think he's going to do it. The chance I give him is if Floyd should somehow trip and fall when the bell rings and knocks himself out. Uh, because uh, to tell you the truth, I, I just, you know, we all know that Conor McGregor is going to attack him in the first round. If he doesn't, it's foolish. Uh, he, you know, if Conor tries to pull something like uh, let Mayweather come to him, they're just going to be standing there looking at each other because Mayweather's not nah, going to bite. He's not going to happen. Do that. He's going right for him. Well, if he does, you know, the truth of the matter is, is Floyd's ready for that. Floyd's yeah. going to let him, and I told you this, Jeremy, um, Floyd is going to let him tire himself out. Maybe he goes five rounds, he'll be exhausted, and uh, then it's going to be similar, and I use this comparison, Sal, it's going to be similar to when Muhammad Ali knocked out George Foreman. It wasn't the power of the punch that really put out George Foreman, it was the fatigue factor of George Foreman combined with the, the punches from Ali sent him in that uh, Soto Popinski spin to the canvas. Uh, and uh, I think as much as Mayweather is not a knockout puncher, he's not. He's got little girly hands. Uh, but the truth of the matter is, is he's going to get a knockout against McGregor. I, I just, uh, I see it happening. But uh, hey, don't, don't, don't answer yet. Jeremy, because uh, we are gonna we are gonna take a short little break here. Yeah, that's good. Because then I got to talk about the chat room, you know. You know and, me, and, then, the chat and then and uh, then, oh, don't don't tell me you got problems. We got to fix. Uh, all right, I, I, listen, I love the chat room. We're gonna we're, we're, great we're, comments about me in there. It's we're gonna. Oh yeah. <laughs> Oh God! I got the two. Uh, the, we got a wide. We have to have a widescreen for the two egos that we got on here now. Uh, it's, the, it's, the, it's the Salad Jeremy show. Yeah, you know. I, I, I mean, uh, you know what? Maybe I'll take a chance and go get a coffee. Sal's drinking gallons of coffee. I have to, you know, get through on what I had already. Well, but third don't go anywhere. We will be back in two. Billy C will be right back. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now. Or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to my face? I hate you. I hate you. That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Billy C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. 
And we're back. You're listening and watching the Billy C Show. And uh, right now we're uh, taking a uh, <clears throat> unexpected turn with the show. Uh, joining us, Sal and myself, we have uh, Jeremy C on the line. Jeremy and, uh, C. Just and he's uh, spilled coffee all over. He's uh, oh yeah, that's great for your equipment. Hey, Jeremy looks like he's got the same microphone I got. Yeah, Look at yeah. that. Huh? Uh, he Look does. at that. So we, we right. hooked you up with the right stuff, man. Je- uh, Jeremy's the the king of the hey, ghetto well, studios. That's the same. The twins. I'm the one that told Bill to tell you to get that one. I hey, run everything. I'm Billy C. Look at look yeah, at these guys yeah, showing yeah, off their see. mics. Ooh, my mic's bigger than yours. Well, my mic's wider than yours. Oh, hey, hey, oh, hey, listen. Mine has more girth. Hey, yeah. Talk about it. Hey. <laughs> hey, look at this. Hey. Hi. Okay. All right. So, let's get back on track with this. I was I, just going to say the same thing, guys. <laughs> I'm just, if you see me uh, over here doing it, I'm cleaning my desk. I, I got my, my coffee and I spilled well, it. Well, you're not going to be on that much. Hey, Jeremy, you're not going to be on that much longer. So, uh, you know, stop doing all your <laughs> other, stop doing all your other chores around the house. All right. But, uh, uh, you know, so go ahead. Finish your thoughts, Sal, before we, uh, right, you know, hang up on Jeremy. You know, I always say that the media doesn't report the news anymore. They stimulate the news. And, uh. Why can't it be the same with Conor McGregor? Let's say, including Paulie Malignaggi and everything else, any clips I've seen of Conor McGregor sparring a boxer in the ring, the guy's getting picked apart. The guy can't eat, bam, bam. It looks like a, it looks like a sparring session. It looks like an old Rocky movie. Boom, boom. He's, he's not, he's fumbling. He's not looking good. He doesn't have any kind of real balance when it comes to a boxer. Um, but what if this is all just part of the leak, part of the media, part of the, hey, let's let's do the whole facade. And what if he's there drilling every day, doing, or suggest, doing what I'm suggesting he may do, off the crack of the bell, run, rush, use those gloves, wrestle, grab his arms, spin him, do whatever he can do, and pound him. You know, you don't know. We don't know. But it's a, it's a theory that maybe, you know, like I said, he's got a chance, a once-in-a-lifetime chance. He's getting the biggest purse he'll ever get in his life right now. And uh, for all intents and purposes, he pro- for all intents and purposes, he probably will never it's have It's easy for you to say. Yeah, right. But the drill, but the, the truth of the matter is, we just know what the media is releasing, what, right. what, what they want to do. So it could be all choreographed. It could be all orchestrated. He's a fumbling guy in a ring boxing, and maybe that's the case. But that's what he wants us to think. Maybe he wants us to see these videos of him getting picked apart. And he's going to do the element of surprise. When that bell rings, and I'm still standing, I'm going to know for <laughs> my life, you see? Okay, that's another movie. That he's actually going <laughs> to just rush across that ring. And like I said, this guy's a grappler. This guy's a, a complete overall fighter. Why with his gloves? He's gonna control, manipulate, rush, throw. He can do those things, and the worst that'll happen is he has a point taken away from him if he goes overboard. But the bottom line is, if he's throwing, manipulating, controlling Floyd, touches Floyd, then he can swing away and get the punches from his his wild angles, and maybe he'll hit and he'll hurt Floyd. That's his only chance of winning. So, like I said, maybe what we're seeing and the updates is just really all part of the facade. He's really drilling a whole other plan uh, behind closed doors. I don't know. Well, you know, uh, that's you, what I would do. You know, the funny thing is, is that <laughs> I, um, I, if he, you know, you say, ah, the worst case scenario, he gets deducted a point. 
You see, that's where I'm a little nervous because I think that the Floyd camp is going to be so adamant about making sure that he doesn't break the rules that Floyd has put in place in addition to the normal boxing rules that he could be DQ'd. So I think that they, uh, that's a whole other asset uh, or aspect, I should say, of this fight that we have to take into consideration. You know, uh, is the referee going to be quick at, at issuing a DQ? I mean... Uh, that's something I hope doesn't happen. But uh, my, uh, Jeremy had told me that he felt uh, that Conor McGregor, because he could take such a punch, is going to take some punches to get in there and oh, uh, land his take punches, some punches, right? And, and I think that he's got that, that type of head that can just take a beating. Uh, I, th I think he's been hit harder. And uh, I don't know. I think it's going to – I honestly can't wait to see this. Well, this let me – Just let me... for the record, this is going to be the first paper oh, by purchase. Jeremy, you when you opened up the, the, the show with with your introduction, you just said why it's going to be a big seller. Yeah. Wait a minute. Hold on. Wait a minute. Right. He opened up. He, he opened up his show with his introduction. What's no, no, happening no, no, here? No, no, this is the Jeremy yeah. show. <laughs> Wait a second. Just along for the ride. Sal, real quick. It's like I always say. This Billy C. He doesn't know the difference between a fish hook and a left hook. You know what I'm saying? I mean. Come on, wait a minute. That's right. He does always say that. Oh, wait a minute. I always say that. Oh, who says it? I no, that was me. I said that. Who said it? Oh, God. Hey, let, let me, listen. Both you guys like Iron Mike Tyson, and I, I got some quotes from him. He, Iron Mike says, uh, and, and you're not going to be happy about this, uh, Jeremy. He says, uh, McGregor's going to get killed uh, boxing. Boxing? He says, I get mad because I thought they were going to go and use MMA rules against boxing because that's what it's all about can the no, best no, 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 boxer no. Yeah, Floyd's vagina wouldn't let no he happen, goes can so. the boxer beat the MMA guy he says McGregor put his dumb ass in a position where he's going to get knocked out because this guy's been doing this all his life since he was a baby referring to Floyd McGregor can't kick and grab and stuff he's not going to stand much of a chance uh, he did say that any advantage McGregor could have had uh, was undone by the rules that Mayweather put in place. He says, McGregor took the biggest sucker rules in the history of boxing. Khan is a character. Floyd has never met a character like this. When McGregor called Floyd Mayweather a boy, I wanted to say, hey, that's disrespectful, but it was so funny, I can't. What's your thoughts on uh, Mike Tyson's thought of uh, this fight? Well, I, you know, Mike... Mike, uh, I, I've got to, uh, I've got to appreciate his comments and his thoughts. And uh, I think from the ground up, uh, he articulated exactly what, what I could sense and feel. Uh, <clears throat> now, how could Mayweather put in additional rules other than what's there for mand mandated by the rules of official rules of boxing? I mean, are you suggesting that he went above and beyond the official rules of boxing? I think well, he just meant by you know making it all boxing rules, not not. No, well, he also and that's fine. He, he also that, but I mean, I don't think he would be allowed to implement any new additional. He, he, what I meant, what, 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 what he's done is he's picked the gloves, he's picked the ring size, all yeah, within the rules. You know, yeah. Well, you know. Hey, wait. You know what? And Take back what I said. Did he pick the thumbless gloves? That's another thing that happened when I went to sleep for twenty years. In what, what did you, What did you think, Jeremy, about uh, Tyson's uh, comments? Hey, look. You know what? 
I have nothing but respect for Mike Tyson. I have nothing bad to say about him. I, I agree 100% with Mike Tyson. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't want yeah. I, you know, I don't want him to Damn. eat my children. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want him to eat my children. I love my kids. Yeah. I don't want my kids eating. Hey, listen, listen. That's that's the old Mike Tyson. It's a much more uh, refined and improved, uh, no, nicer. No, 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 no. That, that's how he traps you in. He just sucks you all in with his kindness, and then he... Eat your children. Well, you know? a guy's got to eat. I mean, a guy's got to eat. Just ask Amanda. But check this out. How about the uh, odds in Vegas? There's some big bucks that are uh, uh, being dumped on Conor McGregor. And as a result, uh, there's a lot of money coming back on Floyd now because people are seeing the odds dropping. And you can't blame them. You know, if you're getting low odds, even if you're laying 500 bucks for 100 which uh, they were suggesting it was as low, uh, now for Mayweather, I mean that's a good bet. I mean, I, for me, I don't think that. Uh, I know, you, I know Jeremy thinks Conor McGregor uh, uh, has a chance, but uh, I'm putting you know, my whole life savings on it. All fifty cents? <laughs> You're crazy. You're crazy. The, the stock market's gonna crash if you put that. For, <laughs> hey, hey, listen, keep the fifty cents where it is, will you? Come on, man. Come on. <laughs> but what's your thoughts on the odds, man? I think they're. Uh still going to change. They got a month away and you don't know what the last minute odds are going to be. Uh, I think, uh, you know, here's the other thing too, Billy, we've been saying this. The, the odds makers are listening to the press and they're, they're going up and down like the stock market is, you know, predicated on what they see and what they hear. They, they really have not uh, dissected this to a hundred degree because if they did, the odds to be set, signed, sealed, and delivered. They keep changing. There's too many variables. So they're listening to the rhetoric, to the bull. And uh, But you know what? Hey, the smart money would probably be putting some bucks on uh, Conor McGregor because whether it's 8-1, to 5-1, to one, whatever it one, you know, I, I'm not going to lay the money out on Floyd Mayweather just to win a little bit of money. I'd rather go gamble in a casino. So tickets, tickets uh, you know, the first uh, batch of uh, codes were released yesterday. And as you guys had heard, um, you have to obtain a code in order to buy a ticket. And even if you get yeah. a code, that doesn't guarantee that you're going to be able to buy a ticket. And each code is only good for two tickets only. They're trying to, you know, eliminate uh, any scalpers or, or uh, third-party uh, tickets uh, services to make any money on this. They're trying to hoard all the well, money. I'm sure they're just doing that for the good of the fans. Oh, right? yeah, yeah. That's, that's all that Floyd <laughs> ever does. But True. check this out. The ticket prices, like they were already released, uh, the prices. This now, this is for live, not the not the uh, closed circuit, which is also available at several casinos we talked about yesterday around the strip. Five hundred dollars is the cheapest seat, and then the most expensive is ten thousand. Now, the codes, which were uh, picked up uh, the first batch uh, yesterday from uh, their fan verified program from Ticketmaster were immediately being sold the codes which guarantee nothing the codes are being sold. on, on eBay it. for 200 bucks a pop you can't beat the scalper I know you can't you're not going to beat the scalper you know they're already selling something that's not even a ticket how I, tell, this is actually a dream for a scalper because they're selling something that's they're not even a ticket scalpers. they don't have to they're do gonna... nothing they have to do nothing they were lucky to get the code and by the way how do you know it's even a legit code I was going to say, I Bob, Bob Smoka called me the other day with a code. I, he asked me, he said, 50 bucks, you'll sell codes. There you go. See? And even Bob the Smoker, you know you know how he makes his living, you know, uh, ripping off old ladies, right? 
That's right. <laughs> so, but uh, yeah. So I mean, listen, it's uh, it's growing and growing. I just, you know, I'm just curious to know how big uh, it will be in terms of pay per view sales. But uh, uh, anyway, biggest pay per view of all times. Yeah, well, it's gonna be. It's you know it what? What I, assuming that all the MMA fans get it, they haven't reached the numbers that. You know, Floyd and and uh, Manny did, or Floyd and and Oscar did. It's you bigger know. than that, even Bill, because I I don't watch MMA. I, you know, I've never bought a MMA pay per view fight. This whoa, is whoa, like, whoa, wait a minute. You know, this, this would be hell? like if Trump were in the ring. Like yeah. people just want to see this. You know, we, we don't. You haven't even watched an MMA fight. Why the hell are we getting no, his no, no, thoughts no, 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 no. on this I fight? I said I haven't Sal? bought a MMA pay per view. Oh, oh, right. yeah. So so, what's your official prediction before we let you go, Jeremy? Before we kick uh, you to the curb, Jeremy, because no, we me do and have Sal, some... we're letting you go. No. What are you talking about? <laughs> we're taking over. My prediction. Okay. Well, first of all, before I get to my prediction, I just wanted to say hello to all my fans in the chat room. <laughs> I love you all. You're great. I see people saying I look 25. That's great. I look like a movie star. That's right. I look great. Yeah. Uh, you my know, official uh, prediction <laughs> is Sal runs into the ring and knocks both these guys out. <laughs> You know, Absolutely. that's that's why we're keeping Sal way far away from Vegas on this one. My, my official prediction is exactly what Connor said. Knockout in four. Boom! Who, wow. That Floyd's wow. going to knock out Connor in four? No! Absolutely not. You nope. think that Connor McGregor's going to actually knock out Floyd Mayweather in four rounds? Four rounds or sooner. He's going to bounce his head right off the canvas like he said. Yeah, well, he can't wow. do that. But, uh, you know, hey, listen. You guys heard it here first. Jeremy C., or that could be Billy C. I, I don't know, but the guy that's on hey, right now, um, who's, who's very yeah. modest, the modest guy. Uh, well, you guys are looking at two modest guys right now. Not. I'm just waving to my fans. But, uh, in the yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe they're the same guy. I don't know. But Jeremy C. has officially picked uh, Conor McGregor by knockout within four rounds over Floyd Mayweather. And, Jeremy, we'll get you back on. Uh, in case you change your mind, to gloat? Uh, well, no, definitely after the fight. But I mean, maybe, <laughs> maybe another time before the fight. Uh, before we uh, hang up on you, Jeremy, uh, any final uh, words you would like to say? Uh, just uh, I love you guys. You're putting on a great show every day for the people. That's what you do. It's your hey, job, and you do it well. You know, uh, I just want to say that you know we're really gonna miss you at uh, St. Simon's, uh, Jeremy. Yeah. You knew that was what coming, and you, you know, Sal, looked, Sal you know. was really bummed out. He, he was, you know, he's kind of happy he doesn't have to feed an, an, another person, but really deep down, he kind of wanted to meet you, man. <laughs> I love to meet you. You know what? Maybe next time. Uh, you know, I have somebody I'd like to bring into the ring uh, for screwing me over for that weekend. Bill knows. Hey. You and Floyd, you share the same interest in smacking those people around, huh? Billy, I think also, I think next year, I think we should make it a date um, to all meet up at the Canastota at the Boxing Hall of Fame. We should all make it a date. That's no ifs, ands, and buts. We get like a hold hands kind of date? Thing. Yeah, I'm not that kind of a guy, oh, Sal. I mean, we do, we, do a, we do a studio thing, we do a program. We do a show from the Canastota location. But where? But where can we find a producer? Do we know where there's a producer around? Hey, hey, hey. Uh, you know, I just wanted to say how great the show sounds. You know, the audio. Like, every time I hear the intro, I'm like, man, who's this guy? That This voice. It sounds amazing, you know? <laughs> every every time every time you, you, you bring up the website, every, t <laughs> every time you go to the podcast. Uh, incidentally, you change that around. You're just keeping me on my toes, huh? That's right. KHZ.
Yeah, you know, I, I, was like, there, huh? I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. We got some plans. I'm like, whoa, what's this rocking the boat? What, what's We're going to be change? launching the Sal podcast yeah. pretty soon. <laughs> hey, one click away. Yeah, <laughs> the Sal cast. Yeah, no, yeah. No. Well, uh, anyway, Jeremy, I appreciate you giving us some time. I know you're a busy guys, guy. Guys, thanks a lot. I, I know you're a busy, busy guy. But, uh, well, yeah, I'm busy responding to all my fans in the chat room. Yeah, you know? well. Billy, on it, uh, uh, Jeremy, on Billy's website. Is there any way once you click the box the one time that it can open up the TV and, and do the whole thing? Because usually you hit that. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll work on it. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Can you guys hear me? Hey, hey, Jeremy. Is there any way that you can fix? Hey, Jeremy. Is there any way you can fix Sal's computer problems at home? Because sometimes it really is not working right for him, Jeremy. You know. So, is there any way that you can you can fix his computer at home? You know. Is there any is there any magical way that you could turn on and off his computers? Say, hey, Bill. Hey, Jeremy. Look, do this. I'm gonna start a new character called Charlie Chatroom. Hey, Jeremy, thanks. Hey, Jeremy, thanks. We'll have you back on soon, my man. Take it easy, guys. I love you. All right, that's uh, Jeremy C., the infamous Jeremy C., uh, joining us uh, uh, with the chat room today, Sal. And uh, uh, <laughs> Jeremy's uh, pretty funny. He's a funny guy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, anyway. Back to boxing talk um, and the uh, Adrian Broner, uh, the fact that uh, he's talking a lot of smack. And before we uh, went to break and then uh, kind of veered off a little bit and talked about uh, McGregor Mayweather with uh, Jeremy C., um, we didn't give Mikey Garcia's comments. Uh, they were uh, doing a, uh, a press conference call yesterday. And Mikey Garcia says, and I quote, I still have my plans on coming back down to 135 to unify uh, all the titles or ha have a, a, a big title defense in the lightweight division. But, you know, after being in boxing so long and learning the policies on the business uh, about it, you got to be flexible. You got to be able to adjust and make those adjustments and continue with your career. I'm not going to sit around and wait for a fight and chase anybody. I'm here to take on the biggest fights available, the biggest challenges available, whether that means at 135 or 140 or even at 147. And there's been rumors about Mikey Garcia possibly fighting Terrence Crawford should Terrence Crawford uh, get by his unification fight against uh, Julius Ndongo uh, coming up. And Sal, you know, it's a tale of two comments. Here you have Mikey Garcia doing what Mikey Garcia does. Uh, the blue collar, bring your lunch pail, business is business. It's all about boxing guy. And Adrian Broner talking smack. I'm going to F you up. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And Mikey Garcia just, you know, taking it as another day uh, at training and another day, another walk in the park. Um, what's your thoughts on, on both of these guys, where their head's at? And again, you know, tying into what we were saying yesterday, Broner needs this fight to keep him going, at least on the path he believes he's he's on. I see weight issues, you know. I see him not being able to back it up. What's your thoughts on, on all of this? I see, you know, just what you're saying. I see a lot of chaos, a lot of confusion, a lot of uh, uh, misdirection uh, uh, and stumbling in the corner of Broner. Um, <clears throat> there's not that 
fluid continuity, that pathway, the, 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 the natural flow of a fighter in a camp doing things that he's supposed to do. And, and, you know, so like I said, what we're hearing and what I'm hearing are, are what the press is releasing. And if this is to be true, then I think Adrian Broner has got to do something to change his lifestyle, to get himself centered, and to put the blinders on and do what he's got to do, to train, to fight, to win a fight. Now, what I love about Marky Garcia is just what you read. The guy is all business. The guy knows what his profession is. He's adhering to what he needs to do to win. And he's in a camp. He's focused. He's not talking smack in a sense where he's just going to do what he's got to do. He's going to get in that ring. He's going to have the blinders on. He's going to be methodical in his, his, in his style. And he's going to try to break down and break through the offense and, and, um, and beat uh, Adrian Broner. And that's why I picked Marky, Mikey Garcia for a multitude of reasons. But a lot of it has to do with what you hear on both sides of these guys' lifestyle and what, what's going on. One guy's a serious to no business kind of guy that knows what he's got to do, knows everything on the line. The other guy, I think, takes it for granted because he feels he's got that superior talent. He feels he's an, an elitist that can uh, take things half half ass if he can, excuse my French. But the truth of the matter is, this is a serious business, and you've got to be 100% focused with the blinders and do what you got to do. you got to make a plan, work a plan, and fight a plan. That's it. Well, And he's not doing that. No, I, you know. From what I, I see. Like I said in the beginning of the show, you know, and, and, and people misunderstand me um, when – when I'm constantly, well, it appears that I'm constantly being critical of smack talkers because, you know, I, I like the smack talk. I really do. But I like a guy that's going to back it up. And Adrian Broner is putting himself in a position where, and, and I said this on yesterday's show, I really feel that he is in a must-win situation or at the very least, Sal, he must look good even if he loses. If Mikey Garcia knocks him out, if Mikey and now now Broner's got a solid chin. I mean, he's been down before, uh, but uh, he does have a solid chin and he does have some pop. Uh, Mikey Garcia, um, you know, uh, sometimes in the past he's started off a little slow. Uh, you know, uh, feels out his opponent, then comes on very strong and seems to get stronger and stronger as the fight goes on. If what I see in Adrian Broner, uh, his physical appearance looks like he's uh, <laughs> a little overweight to say, and that's being kind. So if he's focusing on weight loss, uh, which is worth a half a million dollars to him, um, you know, I, you know, he may come into this fight drained. Listen, the bottom line is Adrian Broner has to perform very well. Uh, he's got to either win or look really good in a close decision loss. If he gets knocked out, I, for all intent and purposes, his you know career as a superstar is over. But as a smack talker. If he doesn't even try to uh, back this up, if he comes out and he's fighting 100% conservative, um, how can you respect the guy? If you're going to talk smack, Sal, back it up. At least try is my point. Hey, you know, and we just don't know. Like I said, Bill, any fighter could be beaten on any given night. And one, one thing is for sure. We, as much as we like to listen to what's going on in the fighter's corner or camp with the rhetoric, with, the, with what, we, what they want us to know and what they don't want us to know, you know, we don't know. We don't know what's in his heart. We don't know what's in his mind. 
maybe he's going to come out there. Maybe he's going to just explode on the scene and he's going to be hot to trot. He's going to warm up in that ring and he's going to come out ready to box and destroy. And maybe he will. We don't know that. And if that is the case, then, you know, he's on the right path of where he's going to put his money where his mouth is. And uh, uh, so that's just it. But like I said, I like to look at issues black and white and the facts that surround them. But there are so many variables and, and intangibles that we don't know what's in a fighter's heart and mind and what they're going to do. That's the unpredictability, and that's the one variable that is, is the beauty of boxing. Let's see what comes into the ring that night. And if it's something stellar, something, something that's phenomenal, something that we haven't seen before from, from either fighter or, or that we can depend on seeing, you know, it, it, that's the variable that we cannot define. Uh, before it actually happens. So maybe Adrian Broner is all business. Maybe he's going to come in there. He's going to be at his best, and he's going to knock out Mikey Garcia. That's what he has in mind. Maybe that's what he's been training for all this time. Maybe all the rhetoric and the bull is just a part of the noise he wants to make. But uh, we're going to see. He's going to have an opportunity to do, do one of two things, win or lose, or maybe draw. But uh, I, I, it should be a good fight. And let's see. I hope he brings his A game. I hope he is focused. I hope he does a great job and may the best man win. Because I do like, I do like, I do respect his skills at the core level. Let's see how he uses them or abuses them. And I do like Mikey Garcia for who he is. He stands for a really solid, good all-around boxer who takes his his uh, career serious. Yeah, and uh, I mean, if you don't like Mikey Garcia, uh, you're not a boxing fan, really. But uh, Sal, we're going to take a short break. We will be back in two. I got some emails to read, some other news. We'll be back in two. Billy C will be right back. Part of the Billy C Boxing Network. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to my face? I hate you. I hate you. That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Billy, Billy C. C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And uh, we're back. You're watching and listening to the Billy C. Show. Glad you could be with us. And uh, speaking of being with us, don't forget to join Sal and myself uh, August 25th and 26th down on beautiful St. Simons Island in the state of Georgia. The Golden Isles, if you will, at the beautiful Sea Palms Resort. We are going to be doing a two-and-a-half-day event uh, down there uh, surrounding the McGregor-Mayweather fight. So come on down. We're going to have uh, former world champions uh, uh, Marlon Starling and Bobby Chez and Mike Weaver joining us. Uh, also a renowned trainer out of Tampa, Florida, Sherman Henson, will actually be working out, Sal, uh, on Friday night uh, at our meet and greet. So uh, you could check that out. We're also going to show you uh, a, uh, we're going to give you a, uh, a look at one of our new shows that we're doing that's going to be on uh, TV pretty soon. We'll keep you posted on that on the uh, Billy C. Boxings Revisited. So we'll air one of those for you. Uh, we're going to have a golf tournament on Saturday uh, for fun. And then uh, on uh, Saturday night, we will. Uh, Show the fight, and uh, we'll all hang out. 
And by the way, we will uh, be swinging over to Sal's uh, Pizzeria and Restaurant so you guys can taste uh, what I'm always bragging about. So uh, come on and join us. Visit uh, BillyCBoxing.com. Click on the C-Poms. Give them a call and tell them you want info on the Billy C. Boxing event. And then we'll see you there. I'm here with uh, Sal Rocky Senecola right now. And uh, Sal, I got some emails to read. You ready? Oh, yes, sir. Let's do it. Uh, first and foremost, uh, this one's from Jesse. And my man Johnston, by the way. Uh, now, he's from uh, the other side of the pond. And uh, you know what? I'm trying to convince him to fly over and see you. They want to try your pizza. I mean, come Absolutely. on. We got if, if he takes him, his, his wife, and his beautiful new baby and comes all the way to South, you, you're going to throw him a pizza, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, Johnson, I, I, I want to thank him, too. He actually emailed me on my birthday, wished me a happy birthday, and I was so, uh, wow, pleasantly surprised. It was great to see. Thank hey, you, you know, I heard about uh, the big uh, birthday cake that they had for you at, uh, at the restaurant <laughs> with all those candles. I didn't realize that it was going to call for uh, all nine of those fire departments to come out and put them candles out. There's a lot of candles on that cake, brother. <laughs> Easy, easy. We had a fire extinguisher handy for that. I know. Too bad it didn't <laughs> cut it. That's why I had to get nine fire departments in there. But uh, Heather actually orchestrated a beautiful thing, and my staff and everybody else, they really, really went all out. They decorated the place. We had streamers. We had balloons. We had a cake. We had a, uh, I think she announced it was my birthday, Heather, uh, every hour on the hour, and it's her birthday coming up August 1st, so we're going to do something special for her, too. Good deal. Yeah, she tell me she grabbed the mic and was ringing the bell like you always. She do. did. Well, actually, I think she did. And we also have uh, Mary Kate, who uh, who was also great with that microphone and and making announcements. She's really, really a great little young lady. She's she's really good. Good gal. First emails from uh, my man Jesse says, "Hey Billy C and Sal, I do believe this will be Broner's last chance to make a big name for himself and keep it." He must be consistent and keep focused and serious about the sport, and he's obviously referring to boxing, if he wants to make the big fights. For Broner, it will be difficult to be motivated and focus on the sport. If he loses to Mikey, he will just become a gatekeeper for up-and-comers like Jose Ramirez, Regis Progress, Lipinitz, etc. But if he wins, uh, at least one more big money fight, depending upon how serious he takes it, uh, will come his way. Um, yeah, I, you know, the gatekeeper, I, a gatekeeper, I mean, even if he loses, I, you know, they'll, they'll, because he's young enough, I, I think that he gets, um, another, another chance or two, Sal. I mean, do you think he's, a, you think if he loses by knockout, which is the worst way he could lose, does that, you know, drop him down to gatekeeper status? I think he's, I think the email was, was very well phrased and put and I think it hinted along the lines of what can happen with a win versus a loss and I think Adrian Broner is at the point of his career where a, a big win here will propel him into that atmosphere of where he thinks he is a superstar and as long as he can parlay that with a couple of other big wins and things maybe he'll reclaim that uh, that whole image but the bottom line is if he does get beat or if he does get knocked out, it's like uh, like I said, if a fighter loses, you're only as good as your last fight. So what's going to happen is he's going to have everybody coming out of the woodwork, challenging him, 
putting him down, doing things. I could beat him. I could beat him. I could beat him. And he's going to be looked at, even though he's young enough, and he surely will get another title fight here and there. But he's going to look at some of the young up-and-comers to take on and challenge him. And, and, uh, and it's up to him. The guy's talented. If he puts his head on and focuses and gets rid of some of the rhetoric in his life, then he could be a champion. He could be uh, an all-star. He could be a superstar. But that's the quieting of the noise that keeps you uh, off track and off focus. So if he can do that, that's great. If he loses this fight, he probably will not ever reclaim superstardom, but he will be able to hold his own. I think he'll be looked at as the fighter to beat, um, but uh, we'll see. I don't think he's just an opponent or a journeyman yet, no. Well, if you take a duck... And you dress him up uh, in a rabbit suit. As a duck? You know, as a if, you, if you dressed him up as a wascally wabbit, uh, yeah. he's still a duck dressed as a wascally wabbit. You know, you get well, my point. Absolutely. But uh, anyway, uh, his next point is uh, Billy, do you see Johnny Gonzalez having one more big fight, but eventually lose that fight? He can beat top 15, 20 guys, but he seems to struggle against the top five guys. Uh, who would you match him up against? Maybe Sosha, Murara, uh, Uchimaya, uh, Pedraza, Ito. And if he beats at least one, is he deserving to face a guy like Davis, Walters, Burchett, Corrales? Uh, um, you know, I- I've always loved Johnny Gonzalez. Uh, this is a fighter that he, he does. He There are two tales of Johnny Gonzalez, fights that he gets up for and fights that he, doesn't, that, that he can't. He's uh, got a lot of miles on him. I hope he does uh, uh, make it to the top and, and uh, become a world champion one more time. Uh, as far as uh, uh, only being able to beat top 15 or 20 fighters, I think he's he's definitely a legit top 10. And, you know, when you're looking at top 10 fighters or even top 5 fighters, depending upon the sanctioning body, you could be conceivably fighting a guy that may have a number five ranking in one sanctioning body and not ranked in another. So how good is he? You know, so the ranking system today is very hard to to, to legitimize. That's why I like the computerized rankings. Uh, box recs are, are pretty decent, but IBO uh, uh, the IBO has a computerized ranking system that I think is really the best of all. And, you know, anytime you have a sanctioning body who actually has the balls to rank a fighter that's not their champion uh, above their own champion because that's the way the computer spits it out, you got to give credit to, and that's exactly what the IBO does. Um, You know, as far as uh, fighting uh, Davis or or Burchelt or Corrales, I'd like to see him uh, in there with Corrales. Corrales hasn't... Uh, really solidified or cemented his spot. And as far as Walters, are you talking about Nicholas Walters? I haven't heard anything about him since he quit. Uh, it would be interesting to see him back in the ring again. Um, so, uh, yeah, he says, what's your thoughts on Carlos uh, Adames? Uh, Adames is a real fighter, 11-0, 10 knockouts, 23-year-old welterweight on the rise. He's fighting a huge fight uh, this weekend or actually tomorrow against Carlos Molina, who's a real opponent, 28-6 and six, with a couple of draws. His last three fights all against good opposition. Uh, Patrick Lopez, Ivan, uh, uh, Ivan uh, Alvarez, and his last fight, Jean Carlos Prada. Uh, he's a real deal. You know, he's got 11 fights under his belt. 
uh, at least eight of them against uh, better than good opposition. So, uh, yeah, I think he's uh, the real deal. Thanks for the email, um, Jesse. Next one is from your man, Raheem. It's from your man, Raheem, Sal. All right, Raheem. He says, hey, Billy, Raheem here. Uh, Do you and Sal think that Mayweather McGregor will surpass the pay-per-view numbers that Mayweather and Pacquiao did? He says, I think that it will do better and break all the records. If it does, I think that credit has to be given to Dana White and the UFC. I think that Mayweather and Dana White will work together to combine the best fighters of the UFC to fight the best fighters in boxing. This will be great for boxing and the future to bring in more fans. And the way the fighters and this way the fighters can make more money. And can you do a blast from the past on Winky Wright? He was a great boxer and nobody ever mentions him. I like his style and he fought great boxers but lost fights because of bad judging. Um first and foremost, yeah, we'll we'll do I put uh, Winky Wright on the list for you. Um you can't always blame the judges. Winky Wright's style was safety first, was a great defensive fighter, sometimes just didn't let his hands go, most likely uh, most uh, more commonly uh, latter, the latter part of his career. But definitely uh, Winky White uh, deserves a, a blast, so we will do that. As far as my thoughts uh, on the rest of the email, my, 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 question, my, my answer to the surpassing the records, you know, it's hard to say. Um, you know, Jeremy thinks so, and a lot of people think so. Uh, you know, if, if you take all the MMA fans and they buy it, the, the, the question, and, and you assume that the casual fan, that, that sports guy who just buys the big events so he could talk about it or she could talk about it at the water cooler on Monday at the office, they're going to buy it, but they buy the big events anyway. I think the difference maker here are the true boxing fans. Are the true boxing fans going to shell out the money for this farce? And um, based on what I hear now, and, and we all know that this could change, uh, the answer is no. So I have a feeling that this fight will not uh, break the uh, Mayweather-Pacquiao numbers of 4.4 million. Uh, I, I just don't think it will. But, I, you know, I could be totally off. This could end up having 10 million, you know. So so uh, I, I say no. And the one last comment before I turn it over to Sal is, you know, Raheem, you're always mentioning like Floyd is the savior. Uh, for boxing and that Floyd does everything for the good of boxing you know I I just don't understand how much of the Mayweather Kool-Aid you drank and uh, you know I just think that you need to listen to your pops more because I think your father has a lot more uh, uh, you know stability when he's making his comments on Mayweather and you know the whole picture Mayweather you know forget him him boxing and everything else Mayweather's main goal is for Mayweather it's not he doesn't care about you as his diehard fan as much as you love him he doesn't care about his fans he doesn't even care about the sport of boxing if he did he would have given something back and what I mean by that isn't monetary what I mean by that is he would have challenged himself and 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 went after the, those fights that we want to see him against Triple G or or him, uh, you know, against a, a guy that you would not think he could beat at all. You know, that's what great fighters do. So I have a problem with 
you constantly putting Mayweather on a pedestal like he's great for the sport. He's not. He's great for himself, and he deserves the credit for that. But he's not helping the sport. He's not helping anybody out except himself. Sal, what's your thoughts on the uh, Mayweather-McGregor and the numbers it'll do? And do you think that uh, Mayweather uh, will continue a relationship with Dana White uh, like uh, Raheem suggests and, uh, you know, bring more fighters to fight, uh, you know, MMA guys? I I think it's a good email from Raheem. And I, I will tell you this. I think that this will generate record numbers as far as pay-per-view purchases. I'll tell you why. You, you do have, you do have the boxing purists uh, that some may, some may not want to watch this fiasco or, or these two worlds collide. But then to make up for that, you've got the generic water cooler kind of fan that uh, is going to spring for this all of a sudden and uh, have a night of a, a party at their house or, or have friends over and things like this. And it's going to be an event, so they're going to want to see it. Uh, but you do have a large con- contingency of MMA fans that are going to buy this. And you have, I think, uh, other venues. Look, we're doing a venue. We're buying it. Uh, other places are going to buy it because it's a big event. So I do think when all is said and done, this may be the largest pay-per-view purchase across the board. Um, and let's let's see. They've got all the stars aligned for that. Uh, so so uh, I I have to agree that this might be the very much uh, very very large the largest the largest let me get that straight it's gonna be the largest purchase of pay per view ever yeah so you uh, you agree with Raheem uh, I agree with Raheem and yeah. believe me I I don't necessarily want to uh, you know I I but I do agree with him I agree that like I said the stars are aligning here you have you have MMA fans you have boxing fans you have uh, you have venues that want to showcase this fight you have uh water cooler talkers and <laughs> monday morning quarterbacks or boxers you have a lot of people that are going to be interested in this whole event because it's not just a boxing match it's not just an mma match it's an event it's a once in a lifetime a first a precedent that they're going to show and they're going to want to see and because the shock appeal as well we don't know what's going to happen so they want to see it for that effect. So I think it's going to be the largest pay-per-view purchase ever. It, it, you know, you, so does Jeremy. He thinks it's going to be one of the largest. And and I think you hit it on the head. It is an event. There's no question. It's an event. It's, an event. it's, it's not a fight. It, it's not this. It's an event. Right. And, and, you know, maybe that's most of my problem, to be honest with you, Sal. Maybe, yeah. maybe you know, I mean, an event is event, but it's being marketed as a boxing event. And, uh you know, it's uh, well. You know, we got. The, I'm telling you, uh, whether you like him or not, Floyd Mayweather, you could say, is a marketing genius in this sense. This is going to be the largest payday for fighters. There's going to be the lot. Hey, he wants to be a record breaker. He wants to be known for something. He wants to be the best of everything. And guess what? He he's got this playbook. This is what he's doing. This is what he's creating. And he's going to be known for a multitude of reasons. And if you can get the 50 and 0 and then go, then that's going to be another reason. But the bottom line is, uh, I do give him credit where credit is due. And the guy's a marketing genius for his own life, his own career. Not what I agree upon, not the handbook I want to see other fighters necessarily go by and build their career by, 
but it is something that works for Mayweather, and that's all that is important to Mayweather. Whatever works for him the best is going to make and provide him with the best. That's it. End of story. Yeah, speaking of Mayweather, uh, it was released the other day that he is putting uh, one of his uh, most treasured and expensive cars uh, on the auction block, I think today, uh, either today or tomorrow, uh, to help uh, satisfy some of his uh, IRS debt. Uh, so, uh, you know, I, I guess he doesn't have the money he says he does. You know, I, I mean, he has... Do we know what model car it is? I, I forget. I, it's, it's, uh, no, 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 no. It's, it's a rare... I think it's a a, a British uh, made card, uh, Ego something. Oh, Lego. Um, it's, uh, Lego my Ego something. I, I don't know. Uh, Lego <laughs> building. Somebody made it out of Lego building block. I don't know. But it's like uh, the the car is worth uh, I think one and a half million dollars or something like that. I mean, uh, I, I, I know it's it's uh, I, you know it's, I he it he drives really really. He, I thought it was something really special. Yeah, I mean, he's he back he, in the nineties there was an EF four a Ferrari that was a million dollars. It had the glass back and. And you could see the whole engine. It was beautiful. Well, he just uh, uses this car to go uh, grab milk at the convenience store. That's what he uses. But, uh, but he's going to be uh, putting that one up. And, and, you know, the funny thing is, is I totally get it. You know, when you have the gazillions of dollars that he has, and not just him, anybody, you know, you want to take that money and, and invest it in stuff. And, and he certainly has some smart investments, at least I would assume. And, uh, you know, it's not so easy to sell a, a piece of property or something like that to uh to raise the money but you know for a guy that brags that he has made 700 million dollars so far inside the prize ring you would think that you know he could have a few million laying around in cash that uh he could pay to the taxes in which he owes and uh for the money that he's going to be making for the uh mcgregor fight i would hope that somebody around him tells him hey listen pay your tax bill now they're trying to tell him and they're advising him that it he ends up costing him less money by not paying it. In other words, they wait for it to go into collections and then cut a deal. You know, the IRS, you know, they do that with people they feel can't pay their tax obligation. But with the way Mayweather brags and throws money around and, and everybody knows what he makes, I would think that they wouldn't be inclined to work with a client like that and, you know, bring the hammer down on him more, not for any other reason other than he's trying to beat the system. I mean, he makes X amount of money. He owes X amount of uh, uh, percentage of tax on that on that money and the story. Pay it. Get it over with. Otherwise, he's going to have these guys on his back his whole life, Sal. I mean, to me, whoever's advising him to, to let these tax bills go into collections so he can you know, make a deal and pay less. That's stupid because, you know, now you get flagged. And I, I'm not an IRS expert, but I did have trouble with them in the past. And I did stay at a Holiday Inn Express last night. And, you know, the truth of the matter is, is once you're flagged, they're after you. They're like a pit bull. And Floyd doesn't need that, especially if he truly goes into retirement or he truly just focuses on his promotional. And I mean this sincerely, even though I'm not a big fan. Floyd should just, you know, put all his ducks in a row. And, you know, if anybody's going to be strung along for money, it shouldn't be the IRS. No, definitely not the IRS. And I'll tell you what, if, he, if he's made over $700 million in a ring, then you know what? The IRS has probably gotten close or should be getting close to $350 million. Uh, The bottom line is uh, it's, it is what it is. Some things you can never get away from or avoid. And if he 
if he has the means and the money, he's going to have to be paying it, whether he auctions how, uh, cars, houses, or whatever he's going to be doing. I think this uh, this fight is, is going to be uh, solving a lot of those IRS issues with the person that's involved here. But uh, then again, I'm not an accountant, so I can't say for sure. The, but definitely, uh, he should get off the radar. He should do the, this, and uh, whether he can parlay this. Like I said, Bill, I'm still hopeful. I'm still hoping if he gets past, when he gets past McGregor, that he's going to be sitting ringside for the Canelo Alvarez Triple G fight, and I'm hoping he gets right up in that ring before the fight and announces, I want the winner. Yeah. And uh, that would be, that'd be stellar. That, that, you know what? You, you have as much of a chance of that happening <laughs> as Jeremy actually showing up at your restaurant on August 25th. So, uh, uh, yeah, hey, by the way, happen, but... <laughs> of, of course, of course, Coach uh, is helping me out here like he always does. And, uh, by the way, uh, help Coach out. Visit his website, uh, strictlybusinessboxing.com. Um, Coing Geg. It's a Coing's Geg Trivetta. That's the car. That uh, Floyd is uh, auctioning off to uh, uh, help, uh, you know, bide some time with the uh, the government. But uh, anyway, one more email. This one's from uh, our buddy Joel, my man Joel, who's in the chat room right now. Uh, Joel says, uh, "I was on YouTube yesterday, and I saw some clips of uh, USA Tuesday Night Fights. The series ended in 1998, several years before I became a boxing fan. This, this is so funny. Think of this, Sal. Several years before he became a boxing no, fan, and he puts no. in parentheses 2006. I look at 2006. Isn't wasn't that wasn't that yesterday? Was it yesterday? Was yeah, that wasn't that? Isn't that? Aren't we in 2006? Wait a minute. I still, still I, I, I still think oh, I still think I still, think, I, still oh, I, I still think we're in the 80s. For God's sakes, you know, uh, 98 <laughs> seems fresh in my mind, but. Uh, Anyway, just goes to show you how young uh, uh, Joel is, and we love Joel. But uh, he says, but I was curious, did you and Sal watch it? What kind of talent was displayed each week? Uh, prospects, champions. I'm curious if you could tell me a little, more, a little bit more about it. He says, and secondly, is there a weekly boxing series that you really miss, that you wish would come back? I would love to see ESPN Friday Night Fights return. What, they stopped that one? Oh, yeah, they did last year. They did. He says all the best. First and foremost, uh, the, the the series I would really like to come back, uh, Joel, is Tuesday Night Fights. It was great on USA Network. Um, listen, it it what it was was everything that boxing needed to help educate the fan and create a fan that would follow fighters. What they did was they would generally showcase a fighter on the way up, and you got to see these guys. You got to know them. And then as they progress with their careers, you would already have seen them. So they would go from USA's uh, Tuesday Night Fights and then maybe, uh, you know, fight on ESPN or, or you know, as an, on an undercard of a bigger fight. And you would have already heard of them. You wouldn't have all of a sudden plop, see a guy that's got some belt and ne you never heard of him. All of a sudden you, he's, he's the, you know, opening act of a, of a pay-per-view and you never heard the guy. That's why USA Tuesday Night Fights was so valuable to boxing and its fans because it showcased these guys. They weren't the, the top, top dogs, but they were very good fighters on the way up. And you got to see them multiple times. Plus, the announcing with Al Bernstein uh, was great. You know, these were knowledgeable guys. These were boxing guys doing boxing. And they were showcasing young fighters. The worst thing that happened to this sport, Joel, was when we lost 
USA's uh, Tuesday night fights. I would love to have a series like that come back. Now, the PBC does have their toe-to-toe Tuesdays. It's not every Tuesday like Tuesday night fights was, but it's close. And as far as ESPN's Friday night fights, uh, they got rid of that when the PBC tried to uh, uh, take that over and obviously couldn't fulfill it. But thank God that uh, the end result is that ESPN... I guess, is in a financial position to buy some of the bigger fights. So um, I missed that one, Sal. What was your thoughts on Tuesday Night Fights? And uh, what's your uh, favorite, uh, uh, you know, uh, weekly fight show broadcast of, you know, live fights do you miss? Well, I think ESPN even had the Thursday Night Fights, which uh, which, uh, I think Thursday or Friday Night Fights back in the back in the 80s, which I was a part of. I mean, some of my early fights uh, were announced by Al Bernstein, uh, Roger Twibel, and, and Sal Marciano. And, uh, you know, it was great. It was a great uh, trilogy there of, of great announcers. And uh, um, I, I liked that series. I think it was on Thursday nights. And then ESPN used to do a tournament, an ESPN tournament. That's where he would showcase, I saw, who did I see? Maybe I even saw Freddie Roach out of Boston when he was fighting there in Massachusetts. I think he was part of that back then. Uh, as a fighter, uh, Sean O'Grady, I think he won that thing or something. He was a young fighter that we were talking about the other day off air, you and I. Uh, so ESPN was a great platform for a lot of young talent that was coming up. They, it, what you just said was significant, Bill. ESPN used to give an up-close-and-personal kind of a thing. Almost like Wide World of Sports, or CBS Sports World used to do in the 70s and 80s when they would showcase fighters on, on, uh, on the uh, afternoon television, Saturday afternoon. But uh, ESPN was a great venue, and they used to have those weekly matches, uh, Tuesdays, Thursdays, Fridays, and uh, it was great because that's where you would see young talent developing right before your eyes. You'd get to know them, and you get to follow them. And when they got when they would get spring springboarded into a stardom, they were they were right there for you to know and you follow. Know, they created a young boxing fan. You know, I, I I know I'm over my time here, but you know, I, I just want to say this: boxing, believe it or not, boxing on television in the past was way more popular um, than it is now, despite having only a handful of television channels at the time. Um, it was so popular in the in the 50s and early 60s that they used to have a TV guide specifically for boxing that would tell you all the fights and what channels that they came on. They had the Gillette Boxing Series and a bunch of others that would uh, showcase these fights. And it was really uh, up until the, um, uh, the fight with uh, Benny Kid Perrette and... Um, and uh, what's his name, uh, um, Emil Griffith, uh, where basically we watched uh, Benny Kid Perrette get beaten to death on, on television, uh, where a lot of networks started t- taking a back step away from uh, boxing on TV. Now, we did a fight uh, on our new series, Sal, that, uh, and we talk about it, and we're probably going to be showing this particular uh, episode uh, at our event uh, uh, on, in, on August 25th. But... Uh, you know, the, the, the fight that actually, in, in our opinion, that might have laid the groundwork for, for Benny uh, Kid Perrette's demise was indeed not the uh, Emil Griffith fight. It was the fight that he had before that, uh, you know, against Gene Fulmer. 
And not only that, but the rules were so different back then that they didn't suspend either of the fighters. And and when we show you this fight, you can see why Sal and I thought that both fighters should have been suspended uh, regardless of the outcome. But hold that thought. Uh, I am going to take a short little break. And when we come back, uh, we'll finish uh, this topic. And uh, I got a couple others to talk about. So uh, don't go nowhere. We'll be right back. Part of the Billy C. Boxing Network. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to my face? I hate you. I hate you. That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Billy, Billy C. C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're back. You're listening and watching the Billy C Show. Glad you could be with us. And before we went to break, uh, we were basically uh, talking about an email from my man, uh, Joel. And uh, he was asking us about Tuesday Night Fights uh, from USA Network. And Sal, really, in the 50s and 60s, there were more uh, fights on every day of the week, actually. I I believe except for Mondays. I think Mondays was the only day. Uh, Mondays and Sundays, Sundays and Mondays, they uh, did not have live boxing, but every other day. And considering there were only three channels, uh, major, you know, inter- uh, national channels, all the other TV networks were local. So if there was, uh, uh, let's say, in New York, uh, if you had, uh, aside from the, the national networks, uh, you, ha- you might have had a station that was only able to be viewed in New York and New Jersey. And considering there were fights on every single night, except Sunday and Monday, uh, that's a lot of fights compared to, you know, the plethora of networks that you have today. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, we often look back and we say how much more popular boxing was decades ago. And, uh, you know, you had the platform. You had things there that, you know, made it just a, a more than just a casual sport that you would talk about around the water cooler. It was that exciting. I mean, you had fighters that were household names. You had, you know, and like I said, Bill, I've gone off on a tangent sometimes just saying because we had more showcased domestic fighters. Uh, today, we really do have a world venue of boxing, and we have world talent that, that, that is all over the place, all over the world. So where boxing may have dissipated in its attraction or in its uh, presence in the United States, I think boxing took off uh, across the globe, uh, globally, uh, tenfold. I mean, like I said, you had all those Soviet bloc countries or the communist countries that kept their professional amateurs hidden. They, they weren't even known entities. They just would uh, do what they had to do for uh, what they were, what they were socialized or what they were subsidized to do. Box. And now they're all out there, world champions coming on from here and everything else. And, and so I, I think boxing increased on a global stage and maybe has dissipated on a United States stage. That, that's, my, that's been my thoughts. No, it's uh, and before that, people used to gather around the radio, you know, the Schmeling fights. I they mean, I happen did. to have the uh, original uh, uh, recording of the radio broadcast. 
um, thanks to uh, my man Steve Lott, uh, the original radio broadcast of the rematch between Joe Lewis and Max Schmeling wow. at Yankee wow. Stadium, and how how I mean chilling to hear the broadcast. And I mean, you these guys would make it. Always reminds me of a story that uh, I read once, and it was basically you know not only were fights very popular on tv but you you could see when we were talking about this the other day you know there were more fights in one state the state of new york in, in 1946 than there were in all of the states combined in 2016 so i mean it gives you an idea of how many fight cards there were uh during that era and i, I remember this story where these two guys uh were uh at madison square garden and they were watching uh, some fights and they were boring as hell. So they were, you know, sitting there watching them and they were bored as hell. And they said, you know, let's get out of here, you know. And they, they left the arena, walked literally across the street into a bar. And they were sitting at the bar, uh, you know, uh, drinking a couple of beers. And the bartender had the fight on the radio, which is also kind of different than today because if there's a fight going on across the street you can't see it anywhere else except if you're in the arena right so uh, the bar the bar had the fight on the radio and these guys were listening to it while they were drinking their beer and the announcers were making this fight and painting the picture that it was so exciting they were like oh man this got you know this fight has got really good they guzzle their beer they run back across the street only to find the same boring fight that they left, you know. So uh, you also got to give credit to the to the announcers, Sal, because you know they made uh, some of these fights, uh, uh, you know, really seem like uh, you were missing out on something if you weren't there. Well, that's a great point because you know part of that attraction, I will tell you, is the attraction or that you could listen to the announcers who were entertaining, such as uh, you and I being a little entertaining at times. But the bottom line is, yes, I used to love to listen to uh, to uh, Howard Cosell, uh, Gil Clancy, uh, Al Bernstein. I mean, these were these were voices that you would identify and associate, analogize with, with, with uh, and, and could identify with. So I, I, I uh, miss that. And they were also part of the sale. They were part of the sizzle. They were part of the the venue itself. These guys being the figures that they were, um, they were a part of the fight game. And you could identify that. And they did do a fabulous job. They Some of them still do. I mean, I love listening to Howard Letterman, Al Bernstein. Uh, these guys are great. They're great. Yeah, except Maurice Ronaldo. Ronaldo is, is I didn't terrible. mention him. You noticed that? Oh, God. But uh, anyway, a couple of tidbits here real quick. Uh, Julio Cesar Chavez. He says he's going to return this year. And uh, he was talking about it yesterday on social media, saying that he's going to fight, uh, wants to fight Martin Murray at 168. Martin Murray says, I'll fight him. And uh, we'll have to wait and see what happens. Remember, uh, uh, Chavez Jr. claimed that he uh, couldn't perform well. He looked awful against uh, Canelo Alvarez, even though that fight was uh, technically at super middleweight. Uh, but uh, Chavez Jr. says he wants to fight at 168. How many more chances do we give this guy? I felt that his last chance already happened, and that was the Canelo fight. Uh, the reason why I love uh, the British boxing scene is, check this out, uh, George Groves, 26-3, and three, uh, will be putting his WBA uh, world title on the line against Jamie Cox uh, in uh, the Battle of Britain, 
which uh, is also um, part of the uh, WBSS, the World Boxing Super Series. Uh, you know, this, this whole thing, what I love about these fighters, not only are they willing to fight, but, uh, you know, they, they fight each other. And, you know, these guys are, are you know, part of this uh, series, but uh, they fight each other. They're not afraid. And this fight's taking place uh, October 14th in London. So uh, once again, we get the, the World Boxing Super Series, uh, a major fight announced. And speaking of the, the English boxing scene or the British boxing scene, I should say, uh, Paul Butler just signed a, a promotional deal with Matchroom, uh, Matchroom Boxing and uh, is going to take on his rival, Stuart Hall, in an eliminator for the WBA's uh, Bantamweight title. Um, again, you know, what I love about the Brits is that uh, they're not afraid to fight each other. And once again, uh, they're doing it again, much more so, Sal, than the fighters here in the U.S. who seem to uh, uh, want no part of the challenging fights. And that really bothers me overall. Well, that's what the UK has over in them right now. I mean, I love the I love the British fighters. They're they're unbelievable. They're talented and they're 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 fearless and they want to challenge themselves to fight the best that there is. So I give them all the accolades and all the all the applause right there. Great, great, great group of fighters. No doubt. On this day, July... and their fans too. Well, the fans make it. I love those events. Fans make it. I love the those fans and i know Jonathan and several others are a big part of that and i'll tell you that's that's unbelievable well they what they do really well uh, over in england and europe generally is it's an event it's an event and and when you when you go to these big arenas and they're big arenas where they have boxing the fans are are there and they come out in, in huge numbers and it's a diversified group of fans you know, how many times you watch a fight in the U.S., there's nine people there, you know, nobody's getting crazy. In a, uh, over in uh, Europe, different story. I love it. There's a lot of energy there. They're singing, dancing, drinking, you know. Uh, on this day, July 25th in boxing history, in 1995, Marcelo Dominique uh, knocks out Akir Taffer in the ninth round to uh, win the interim uh, WBC World Cruiserweight title, and that took place in France. On this day in uh, 1929, Jackie Fields wins the World Welterweight title via a second-round disqualification over Joe Dundee, and that took place in Detroit, Michigan. I hope that doesn't happen uh, uh, on uh, August 26th. And on this day, July 25th, 1921, Petey Herman wins a 15-round decision over Joe Lynch, to win the World Bantamweight title, and that took place in Brooklyn, Brooklyn, New York, on this day in 1921. Don't forget, tomorrow we're going to be doing our Blast from the Past, and uh, it's going to be on uh, Gene Fulmer, uh, a guy that uh, we just referred to a little while ago. You're not going to want to miss that one. Plus, uh, Larry Hazard will be joining us. Now, this will be the last time we we get to... uh, uh, talk with Larry and do a blast for at least one week because we will not be doing uh, the live shows uh, next week. And tomorrow is actually uh, the last live show for this week. Now, I lied because next week we may be doing a show, but it will be determined the day before. So keep your eyes peeled on social media. We'll let you know. We'll try to let you know. Or the best thing to do is uh, subscribe to our YouTube uh, version of the show 
and it'll flag you uh, when our next uh, live event is happening. So go to our YouTube channel, uh, youtube.com slash talking, T-A-L-K-I-N, boxing, B-O-X-I-N-G, one word. Uh, but either way, don't forget to tune in tomorrow morning. Same bat time, same bat channel. Until then, ciao, baby. Da-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na